Hey everybody, welcome to the 12th episode of the With Podcast. Uh, This is a place where we try to wrap our head, heart, and hands around one simple act of being with. Uh, With comes in lots of different forms, with God, with others, and uh, with ourselves. We're continuing our conversation on caring for ourselves because we, who are the only beings in the entire universe having ultimate access to ourselves, need to be encouraged to, to engage that access. We, we've talked about ourselves being three parts as we're made in the impression and image of God, who is three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we are three, body, soul, and spirit. These pieces and parts of us are distinct and overlapping. They're individual aspects. They're deeply intertwined threads. They're definable and easily discerned one from another, yet they mix, mesh, and get all mangled. The body houses the soul and spirit. The soul and spirit tangibly affect the body. The body feels the sensations of the soul. At times, the spirit and soul are really difficult to differentiate from one another. The spirit wants to lead, but the body often acts like a tyrant, while the soul sits calmly in the captain's chair, all the while manipulating much of what goes on anyway. This is you. (laughs) Or is it them? (laughs) We've worked through some bits and pieces of the body and soul the last few weeks. I talked about how the third frame of us last week, our spirit, is the most apt to mature and grow if given the chance. Uh, Inclinations for our body slips and slides unless we abjectly push back and do something effectual about it. Meaning, abs don't just come around. Are you with me? You got to stop putting some food in your mouth. You got to do some exercises, maybe lift some weights. You've got to act entirely different in order to get something different in conjunction with the makeup of your body. Inclination for the soul as well. Immersed in this inescapable human existence, deconstructs and devolves. Unless we make space, we work hard to turn the tide and give ourselves time to use tools so we can chase after healing and wholeness. The spirit, perhaps no less convoluted, uh, and I don't want to paint a picture that the spirit person of you is easy to understand, except... There's a much larger and influential entity pulling for us in that arena. We, we don't necessarily have one pulling for us in terms of our body or in terms of our soul. That influential entity who pulls for us is God in our spirit person. Now, God does not do what only we can do. We maintain access. Only we only you, only me. What God offers us is invitation, opportunity, a fighting chance beyond our limited mortal efforts of grinding, of trying, of uh, of finite figuring. But he does not overextend into what only we have access to. We see this throughout the scriptures. God is engaging Moses. He wants him to take the nation of Israel out of Egypt. He, he wants, to lead, wants Moses to lead them in this exodus breakthrough. But God doesn't force Moses to do it. They engage in this incredible conversation in the beginning of the book of Exodus. Creator almost arguing with creation. 
We see this also with Jesus and his disciples. He is constantly inviting and giving opportunity, answering questions, letting others speak. The Pharisees and Sadducees, the rulers of the law, come and ask questions time and time again to Jesus. And he gives them time. He gives them space. But he never forces them. In Revelation 3, the end of the book, we see that Jesus declares in the ascended form, Hey, behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. Knock. God is forever a gentleman. What we do is honestly expect for God to bully us to better. We imagine there is this caste system of creation, so to speak, where creator would just do what creator wants to do. But we see Jesus. We see Jesus as God in the flesh do everything but that. The most telling passage of scripture is found with the rich young ruler found in the Synoptic Gospels. But in Luke 18, this reality that the man comes seeking, wanting eternal life. And Jesus speaks right to his heart, asks, hey, have you done this? Have you done that? And the rich young ruler responds and says, yes, I've fulfilled all the laws. But Jesus sees beyond the fulfillment of a simple regulation or rule or law and sees right into the man's heart, into his particular circumstance and recognizes there's a thing holding on to him, which is finances and his wealth and his objects. And so Jesus says, go and sell all. Of course, the rich young ruler, as the story goes, is unable to do that. And it says he goes away sorrowful. He goes away sad. And Jesus lets him go. Why? Because God does not force. God is pulling for us, but he does not force us. In my opinion, I think God is pulling for me more than I'm pulling for myself. And to be clear, I am pulling for myself. But God still needs the activity of my availability, even in his pulling for me, reading the scriptures, making space for prayer, worshiping him, focusing on and serving others, doing the extra that I spoke about last week, reading a book, listening to podcasts, getting in a seminar and in a group. But if I may, I want to bring a little bit more direction to those devices. And if you're offended that I would call the scriptures a prayer or worship or a small group or any of those things a device, I apologize. I don't mean to frustrate or offend, but in my perspective, they are devices. They are tools to get at something altogether more wonderful and even more tangible, though elusive, because of our humanity. You you see, God's Spirit wants the immersion of your spirit. God doesn't want to just be around you. He wants to be so close to you that the only proper verbalization of that presence is that he would be in you. We see this in the book of Corinthians. uh, As Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, rather, they developed this phrase, the earliest followers of Jesus didn't just talk about Jesus being with them or God being with them or his Holy Spirit being around them, but this phrase developed in this understanding that God is not just with you, but he is in you. And Paul details this in 1 Corinthians. He says that you are the temple of God's Holy Spirit. Again, that it's not just enough for God to be near you or around you or for you, but that he's so close, he is 
inside of you. I submit to you that he hungers for you more than you hunger for him. God has a greater want, a greater ache, a larger desire than you do. And and you might be sitting here saying, well, why doesn't he just do it? He's God. He doesn't do it because that's not how he operates. Also, we have our souls and our bodies pulling and tugging and working us over in addition to our spirit. That, that can be a lot of white noise that we are navigating. But let me say this very simply. These devices, and again, I don't mean to demean what they are and the task they help us fulfill, but they are devices meant to help us know God more and breathe life to our spirit inside of us. As examples, the, the point of the scriptures in device format, if you'd allow me the illustration, is not that we would know Scripture, but to help us know God more intimately and recognize His voice more readily. The point of a car, which I think we would all agree is a device, is not to sit in, to be an entity to enjoy in that regard, of itself, by itself, but to learn to drive it and handle it so we can go places and do things. I don't mean to put cars and automobiles on the same plane as the scriptures. I'm just trying to give an illustration of how they're supposed to fit, how they are a device to bring us to the divine experience God has for us. Prayer. Prayer is not something we enter into, but used to be sensitized for God's presence and purposes. Worshiping. Worshiping God is not a rote activity we have to do or we get to do. It's an experience that fills and replenishes us for everything else we do. Please, don't try and pawn off on God what only you can engage. And I'm talking about establishing relationship with him. Don't fall into the trap, particularly in terms of the scriptures. Don't fall into the trap of knowing passages of scripture, making yourself feel good because you read a chapter or a verse or you memorized something, which again are not bad things. But if our level of intimacy with God ends at knowing about the scriptures, all the while missing the opportunity to get to know God personally, I think that we would fall short of God's intention for us. So engage. Lean into the access of developing your spirit. Read the scriptures. Know God by learning to hear what his voice sounds like. We're so grateful for the opportunity to continue to have these conversations as we are. Let me leave you all with a benediction. And I hope and pray that you would lean into the availability that only you can give to God. Now may you, in the way of our Christ, go, be with, and care for yourself as God cares for and is with you. We'll see you next time.